RC. See you out there, boy. Yeah. See you. Yeah. I gave you fair warning. Y'all ready? I gave you fair warning. Beware. I went mic on the mic. What's up, the brand new one time for one your mind? He gave you fair warning. Now it's time to smack him in the mouth with that raw sports talk from the town. Sweet chin music to your favorite sportscaster. Mike on the mic with sports talk that matters. Reppin' for the West, see the palms in the logo. Mike on the mic, sports pod, let's go. I gave you fair warning, beware. Smack him in the mouth. You are listening to. Episode 8 of the Mike on the Mic Sports Podcast. That is right. I am Mike, and I am on the mic of the most electrifying sports podcast in the game today. What is up, everyone? I hope you had a great week. This week, I sure did. Got to see Justin Herbert start this weekend. What an exciting time for a Chargers fan to be alive, unfortunately for Tyrod. We're going to talk about that more in the show. Later on when I get into my NFL pickums. I got another jam-packed show for you guys today. Um, real quick, before I continue on with the show, I would appreciate it if you would help me out by sharing my podcast with all of your sports friends and family. It'll take two seconds. Whatever platform you're listening on, just exit out of the podcast real quick, hit share, and send it to a few of your friends and family. Try and help me grow a little bit. Um, the listening viewership isn't super important to me, but of course, when I make a good product or I make a product, I want to see you know a little bit of results and, and see some growth. Um, been kind of stagnant for the last couple of weeks, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to still grind it out. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep working hard. If you, as the diehard listeners, because I do have a very good uh, consistency with a certain number of viewers, and I know those are you who are listening right now, my diehard listeners, share it with some, some family and friends and Try and see if they like the show just as much as you do. Anyways, as always, I got some topics for you, and I got a great show with a lot of sports heat in it. First off, I'm going to give my Week 3 NFL pickums. We'll see who I got winning every game in the NFL in Week 3. I'm competing against some of my friends. Um, I've talked about them, and I will talk about them more into the show. Number two, we're going to talk about the injuries and what that means for your fantasy football lineup. Guys, maybe you should go and look at and target in the next couple of weeks. And then three, I'm going to close the show out by going over some teams I am surprised by to be doing as well as they are and some teams I am not surprised by to be either doing as well as they are or doing as bad as they are. So that's the show. It's going to be a good one. I just have a great feeling about it. All right, let's get straight into it with topic one. 397 yards. This is it. Fullback's going to shift to be the lead blocker. Here we go. Dan is going to take it himself, and he doesn't get in. And the Seahawks are going to win the game. What a week in the NFL. We did very good on our pickums last week. Let's try and repeat it again. This week, last week we went 13-3, and three, which on a normal week, that would be great. I'd be satisfied. But my opponents at Offseason Sports went 15-1. and one. Joe Morley went 14-2. and two. Piggy Bank Picks 
went 14 and 2. So on a 13 and 3 week, I came in fourth. And then Robson, I think, had one less one than me at 12 and 4. At 13 and 3, I came in fourth. That shows the level of competition I am competing against in this Pickums. We're still going to come out on top. No worries. They're not going to be able to keep up that pace week in and week out. But we're going to be able to keep up this 13 and 3 pace week in and week out. Let's get straight into the Pickums 4 NFL week number three we are almost a month into the nfl that's crazy to think about it feels like yesterday we were just starting i was all excited ready to go so starting with thursday night football we have the miami dolphins traveling to jacksonville to play the jacksonville jaguars this game is gonna be a little bit more exciting than y'all think um i think that both teams kind of have something to prove that they're not the worst one of the worst teams in the league, right? <laughs> I mean, the Jaguars have been playing better. The Jaguars upset the Colts. They played very well against the Titans, took them all the way to the to the wire. They lost by three points, 33-30. to 30. Uh, They showed that they can score. They can score with a team. They showed against the Colts they could play defense with a team. So I think the Jaguars are going to be a little better than everyone expected. When I say a little better, I mean five, six wins versus four wins <laughs> or three wins. Uh, I think they're going to win this game. I think the Jaguars have a better team overall right now, and they're clicking at the same time. So I think the Jaguars are going to be two and one to start the NFL season. Uh, hopefully, you're, not hopefully, but you're going to start to see them lose as the season goes on. Tougher competition comes, and they're going to start losing a little bit more, especially uh, when they see teams later in the season, and you know you're a little banged up. The talent disparity is going to show a lot more than it is right now. But I will say Minshew is carrying the Jaguars. He is carrying the Jaguars, and Minshew is spoiling the tank job, which might save his job. If he can get them outside the top five picks, he might be able to save his job and his career. Uh, I said it in the beginning of the season that his career is over. When they traded Leonard Fournette and they traded all these guys, got rid of all these guys, oh, they just ended Minshew's career. He's going to be a backup in the NFL now. Maybe he's going to save his own career by just getting this team six wins and putting them outside the top three picks where all those quarterbacks are going to be going early in the draft. I'm taking the Jaguars to beat the Dolphins. I don't think the Dolphins have it this year. They're really young. Now they're battling injury issues. Uh, Tua isn't in yet. We'll see what Tua can do. Maybe he'll add a spark to this team. You saw what Herbert did for the Chargers this last week. Maybe Tua can be the same thing for the Dolphins when he gets his chance. I think they're playing it cautious with him. And I think it's a good move because he has had injury issues. He has a whole different story than the other rookie quarterbacks. Joe Burrow, first overall, four-year college guy. He's got to start, right? He's got to play immediately. He's got to perform. He's got to get this team on, on track immediately. Justin Herbert, another four-year college guy. A little bit question mark as far as the offense, if he's going to be able to adjust to it because he came from Oregon. Oregon quarterbacks historically struggle their first season, first two seasons in the NFL, trying to get a grip of the NFL-style offense. So it made sense. Let's, let's let him sit for a little while. Tua, injury, all different stories for these three guys, and I think all three of them are going to have great careers. So I think once Tua does get back, I might take the Dolphins to win this game or I might take the Dolphins to win a few more games. But as of right now, I'm going to take the Jaguars to win this game. Next game, we got the Chicago Bears traveling to Atlanta to play the Atlanta Falcons. Let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons first. The Falcons last week blew the game. Probably the second biggest blown game I've seen other than their Super Bowl blown game. Whew, that's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow. And two things are going to happen here. Either they're completely collapsing and this whole season for them is over, or they're going to respond with a big win in Chicago. Uh, 
The Falcons, I think, have a very underestimated team. You saw what they've done the last couple of weeks. They're competing with the best teams in the NFL. They should have beat Dallas. They should be one on one right now. They're zero two. They gotta be hungry. They gotta be hungry. Looking at the Bears right now, the Bears won both their games very, very narrowly. Almost probably shouldn't have won both of their first two games. I picked them in both games, and they narrowly won, so thank you, Chicago. Now you can start stinking, because I'm picking the Falcons to beat the Bears, get the Bears their first loss of the season, and get the Falcons their first win of the season, especially if they can get Julio out on the field. Julio's dealing with hamstring issues. He's done uh, lower body issues his whole career, and he's still played through them, so I still think he's going to play. I think he's going to play at a level that he's always played at. Just to think about how injured that man has been and how many injuries he's played through and how good he still is. It's kind of ridiculous, and I think he's still going to be fine. So the Falcons, I think, are going to beat the Bears. I think they're going to be motivated. The Bears' offense has shown that they're just barely getting these wins, barely making it happen, and I think that they're not going to be able to keep up with the Falcons' offense, who just dropped 40 point, 39 points on the Cowboys, and it made it look easy. And the only reason that they lost is because they decided that they didn't, weren't going to know the rules on an onside kick. That's basically what happened. They didn't know the rules on an onside kick that – the receiving team or the team defending the onside kick can just grab the ball. They can just grab the ball. They're waiting for it to roll to 10 yards instead of just grabbing it right there in front of them. So <laughs> just fall on the ball. There's three of you guys huddled around the ball, just fall on the ball. A Cowboys guy sneaked in and grabbed the ball, made the big kick, and the Cowboys won the game. So the Falcons should be 1-1. They're 0-2. I think they're going to go 1-2 this week. Bears are going to fall 2-1. You're going to start to see the Bears start losing games here, start getting closer to 500, maybe below 500 in the next couple of weeks. I don't know who they play next after this, but I think that the Bears – have won on fortune, just complete fortune, just good luck so far uh, to this point in the season. Moving on to the next game, Joe Burrow and the Bengals 0-2 traveling to the Eagles, who are also 0-2. Man, the Eagles have to win this game. The Eagles have to win this game or you're going to start looking at, at, at jobs being taken. The Eagles must win this game. If they don't win this game, I don't know about Carson Wentz's future in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts right there behind him. And I know they're going to be thinking about putting Jalen Hurts in. The Eagles got to figure it out. O-line's been shaky. They played better last week. Still under pressure, but I believe they didn't give up any sacks. The Eagles' receiving core is such a mix-match group. They need Alshon Jeffrey back. Running back core, they got Miles Sanders back, but he didn't look the same as he normally does. They need him to come back and play well. Overall, everyone on the team is playing worse than expected. So we need the Eagles to get it together and beat the Bengals in week three and go to one and two. I picked the Eagles back-to-back -back weeks and back-to-back -back weeks. They're giving me losses. So let's go, Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles to beat the Bengals. The Bengals just aren't ready. They're just not ready to win yet, in my opinion. They're going to struggle to beat teams. Even in a game where they have a high-scoring game like they did last week with the Browns, they still lost because their defense just isn't there. And it wasn't there last year. So I don't think it's going to be there this year. It shows that the defense is just not there. They're not going to be able to stop the run. They're not going to be able to stop the pass. Miles Sanders might be a must-start in fantasy this week because the Bengals just aren't going to be able to stop any team for the entire season. It's going to depend on Joe Burrow scoring 35 to 40 points to win them a game. Taking the Eagles. Taking the Eagles. Moving on to the Texans traveling to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. I made a TikTok on my TikTok. I'm brand new to TikTok. Please go and follow me on TikTok if you are on TikTok. It is Michael No Mike Sports. Easy. Just go search me up and hit the follow button. I'm just gonna make funny little videos. I made a video basically saying the Texans played the Chiefs in week one and their coach was basically saying we're gonna be fine guys. It's just the it's the Chiefs. What are we gonna do? And who are we playing week two? 
playing the Ravens. Oh, it's fine, guys. Just the Ravens. We'll be playing week three. Now we're playing the Steelers. Bill O'Brien's got to be missing DeAndre Hopkins at this point because you need a bailout guy when you're playing these tough teams. That You need to score a lot. You need to score a lot to beat these teams. You need to score 25 to 40 points to beat these teams, and it's going to happen again this week. It's going to happen again this week. The Texans' offense is going to stall. I'm actually probably benching Deshaun Watson for Justin Herbert this week because I'm scared. I'm scared. I have him on my dynasty team, and, and I'm scared that the Steelers are going to shut the Texans down. And this might actually be a little, little bit, little bit blowout territory. I, I'm not going to predict that it's going to be a blowout because the Texans are still a fun team. They're still a good team. They still have some talent. They just aren't there with the elite teams like they were last year. They aren't a playoff team this year. They just really aren't. And if they make the playoffs somehow, I'll be very, very surprised, especially in that division who now have the Titans at two and zero. The Texans are going to fall to zero and three to the Steelers this week. Sorry, it's going to happen. Steelers are a good team. Steelers are hot. Steelers are getting it together with Big Ben again. Mike Tomlin is calling the right play calls. Juju looks okay again this year. The Steelers' defense is looking very good this year. They're just a better team than the Texans right now across the board. I'm taking the Texans to go 0-3 this week to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Moving on to the next game. It is my least favorite game of the entire NFL season. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. It's because the Las Vegas Raiders are traveling to play the New England Patriots in Foxborough. You know how much I hate both these teams. I've hated both these teams all offseason. I've been talking about it all offseason. And maybe I was wrong about both these teams. I still think the Patriots are going to run into issues with that roster and being so depleted, especially as we get into the season. You're going to lose some guys to injury. It's just what happens. Um, I don't know how Julian Edelman's going to make it through this season, getting thrown at 20 times a game. I don't know how he's going to make it to the end of the year at his age and, and how much of a beating he's taken in his career. It's a miracle that he's still out on the field. Knock on wood. I don't want anything to happen to him. I'm just saying they got to get the ball to other people. This guy cannot be catching 10 to 20 balls per game every single week. He's just not going to last. He's, 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 not, he's not this young spry kid anymore. He, he's getting up there, up there in years. So we'll see if he can take all those hits that he's been taking. Cam looks really good. As we predicted, Cam looks amazing. And I will say it every week on every show, Cam Newton is not washed up. He is not washed up. He was doing great before he got injured, and he's doing great now after his injury. Hopefully he can stay healthy for the whole year. Really rooting for Cam to take the Patriots to the playoffs this year. But I predicted the, play, the Patriots to be 6-10, and 10, but that was what Jarrett did them. I bumped it up to 8-8, eight and eight, so I think they could still be 8-8. Eight and eight. I think they could be 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. If they push it up to 10-6, and six, I'll be a little surprised. But they're playing hot right now. They're, they're very hot right now. Going against the Las Vegas Raiders, who I had ranked at 28th in my power rankings to start the season. And they are 2-0 coming off of an upset versus the New Orleans Saints. A big upset. That was a big game for them. That proved that this team is very competitive, that it was not just a fluke week one when they went out and beat the Panthers. Well, I think the Raiders still could use some help on defense. They got to figure it out. They gave up 30 points to the Panthers. Uh, they did better against the Saints, but the Saints are looking a little shaky this year. Uh, I don't know if Drew Brees made the right decision to play into his 40s. I'm going to – this is a tough pick. But as hot as the Raiders' offense is and how effortless they made it look moving the ball in week one and in the second half in week two, I'm going to take the Raiders. 
I'm going to take the Raiders to be 3-0. and Ugh. Ugh. That's tough to say. That doesn't roll off the tongue well. I'm going to take the Raiders to be 3-0. and And based off my picks later on, you're about to hear, the Raiders will be first in the AFC West heading into the quarter mark of the season. The Raiders will be first in the AFC West going into week four. I can't believe I'm even saying that right now. I really can't. But I'll do this for Joe. Joe, if you're still tuned in, just send an emoji or something so I know I'm not doing this for no reason. Raiders. I almost threw up. Anyways, moving on to the next game. The the St. Louis Rams, sorry, the Los Angeles Rams are going to Buffalo to play the Bills. And this is a big storyline for me. I almost made this my game of the week because all of you know how high I am on the Bills this year, how much I love Josh Allen this year. Josh Allen's put up MVP numbers so far. How high I am on the entire Bills team. The Stephon Diggs move. That's looking like it's paying off. Everyone was like, nah, it's not going to work. Stephon Diggs isn't going to be able to get it going. I said probably like by like week four or five, they'll be rolling. They're rolling right now. <laughs> the Bills are going off right now. And the Rams, who I was very low on, but it's looking like I might be wrong. Anyways, it's looking like I was wrong about the Rams. And I say this is a storyline because the Bills are kind of my team this year. They're kind of kind of my team the Bills and the Cardinals were my teams this year to predict to break out. The Rams and the Raiders were my teams to fall apart this year. Uh, so the Rams versus the Bills, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to take the Bills to win this game. It's in Buffalo. I know the home crowd doesn't really matter that much, but the Rams are still going to have to travel from L.A. to Buffalo to play them. And I just like the Bills better overall. Uh, I still think the Rams' offense is kind of depleted at running back, and tight end Tyler Higby's okay, but he's not amazing. I am going to take the Bills to win this game. I think they're going to play good defense. I think they're going to win. I think Josh Allen's going to have another great game. We'll see, though. I think it'll be a good game. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. Moving on to the next game, I got San Fran traveling to New York to play the New York Giants. The Giants lost their team last week. They lost Saquon Barkley. He's kind of the engine of that team. Really sucked for them. They signed Devontae Freeman, but Devontae Freeman is obviously not. Saquon Barkley there's a whole difference and I feel super bad for the Saquon Barkley injury because last week on the episode I said hey Saquon you need to chill out you break three tackles you don't need to freaking try and truck for you know another yard after you've already broken three tackles and gotten 15 yards Um, and he was hurtling a lot I pointed that out I said you can't jump over everyone someone's gonna get you eventually Um, and I feel super bad that I said that and it ended up happening the next week to Saquon, uh, T's and P's, thoughts and prayers, straight to Saquon and his family. Hopefully he can heal up and be better than he was before. I saw him tweet Mamba mentality, so hopefully Saquon comes back stronger and better than he was before this injury, which would be actually very scary. We saw what it did for Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson came back strong, was highly motivated. I think Saquon's going to have a similar similar effect, and Saquon is a driven dude. But as far as the team this week, San Fran also got beat up. <laughs> they lost Nick Bosa. They're already missing Debo. They're already missing Kittle. Lost Jimmy Garoppolo. Lost Mozart. Lost the whole team, pretty much. Fortunately for the 49ers, at running back, they have a lot of depth. So losing Mozart doesn't hurt too much. They got Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins is one of the better backups in the NFL, in my opinion. He's had a few bright spots when he's had to come in and play in games to, to replace Jimmy G. Um, hopefully Kittle can play this week. Hopefully Debo can play soon. We There was a chance he was going to play week one. He still isn't in yet. 
I'm going to take San Fran to win this game just because I like Nick Mullins. I don't think he's going to play terrible. I think San Fran's defense is still going to play okay. The Giants are struggling to get things going on offense with Saquon. Now they're going to struggle even more without Saquon. Um, I picked up Devontae Freeman on my leagues, but I say you probably sit him for one week, see what's going to happen there because Saquon was struggling to get the ball moving down the field. I don't know if Devontae Freeman is going to do much better. We'll see if they make any adjustments offensive line-wise because their, their whole motto has been running the ball the last couple of seasons, and it's just not happening this year. Um, I think Danny Dimes is good. The Giants are having a good rebuild. They got some good young receivers. They're just not there yet. Defensively, they're not there yet. And, and offensively, they need to figure out how to run the ball because that's their bread and butter. And they're not, they haven't been doing it this year. So I'm going to take San Fran to beat New York. Um, this, this game's going to be kind of split. This, this game's going to be kind of split, I think, in, in the – and I like Danny Dimes. I just don't think he's going to carry them quite yet. He is at one point in his career going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion, but I don't think he's ready to carry the team quite yet. So I'm going to say the Giants are going to fall to 0-3. 49ers are going to be at 2-1, and probably the shakiest 2-1 and team in the NFL with all the injuries that they have suffered. Moving on to the next game, another team that I was completely wrong about, the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to host the Tennessee Titans in Minnesota. And I'm not saying I wasn't super high on the Vikings. I had the Packers still beating them out for that division. I expect them to be a wild card team again. The Vikings look horrible this year. They just look horrible. Very young. Stephon Diggs' departure is starting to show a little bit offensively. They're struggling to move the ball like they used to. I saw them, you know, blow up the Packers' defense. They still scored 35 points in that loss. Just Aaron Rodgers is better than the entire Minnesota Vikings offense. Uh, <laughs> but that gave me a promise that they were going to win last week, and they got destroyed by you know Philip Rivers. No big deal. It's just Philip Rivers and the Colts. They got destroyed. So. I think the Vikings might have a rough season this year. Hopefully they can stay around 500 and still make that wild card prediction come true, but we'll see what happens. Titans got it together last week offensively, uh, put up 33 points against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had just beat the Colts. Phillip Rivers was the reason for that loss and the reason for the Vikings win, or the win over the Vikings as well. Anyways, back to the Titans. They got it together. They put up 33 points. I thought that the offense was looking real shaky in that week one performance against the Denver Broncos that they barely squeaked out, barely won the last second. I'm going to take the Titans to win this game. I think overall they're playing better. Um, the Jaguars put up 30 points, but the Jaguars kind of have the Titans number. They have everyone in that division's number. They compete with everyone in that division for the last couple of years. I don't think that seeing the Jaguars score 30 points is something to worry about for the Titans' defense too much. Now, if they give up a bunch of points to the Vikings also, We'll start to think about it possibly. The Vikings have an okay explosive offense. They can put up points. I think the Titans are going to be uh, able to put up more points than the Vikings, though. If, if it does turn into a shootout, maybe I would take the Vikings. But I'm going to say the Titans win by 10 or, or so. Moving on to the next game. This is a fun one. The Washington football team traveling to Cleveland to play the Cleveland Browns. It's a tough pick for most. But for me, it's easy. And I'm going to tell you why. Because Baker Mayfield will not be able to handle the pressure that the football team is going to put on him. Baker Mayfield has proven to me over his last couple years that when there is a pass rush in his face, he's not going to make the throw. He's not going to step up. He's not going to be a star quarterback. And until he proves me wrong, I'm a bet against him. Um, I did take the Browns to beat the Bengals, but that's because the Bengals don't have what the football team has on defense. The Browns are going to struggle to move the ball on these guys because Baker Mayfield ain't able to throw the ball when he's under pressure. It's that simple. Under pressure mentally and under pressure physically from a DN hitting him in the face, which is what's going to happen a lot in this game because the Browns' O-line looked better against the Bengals, 
but looked bad still the week before. And the Bengals don't really have a crazy good pass rush to attack that Browns offensive line. So I'm taking the Washington football team to kind of upset the Browns. Not really too much of an upset. Kind of upset the Browns. Um, I think that they're going to do okay. They're going to do good on – not good on offense. They're not going to score like crazy. But I think they're going to manage the game. And they're going to keep control of the game by trusting that defense and laying on that defense to win this game for them like they did in week one against the Philadelphia Eagles. Kind of a similar story to that week one victory. You're going to see it this week as Baker Mayfield gets put on his back a lot. Moving on to another fun game to talk about for reasons you guys probably already know. The Carolina Panthers are traveling to Los Angeles to play the Los Angeles Chargers. And while Carolina's got to be desperate for a win, being 0-2, uh, they, they play tough. You can see they're playing tough. The Chargers are hot after that, barely, just narrowly losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. Offense looked so much better. Defense looked very good. Overall, the Chargers looked like a competitor in that game with the defending Super Bowl champions. Ultimately, they lost. What can you do? What can you do when the team can throw a 60-yard bomb and then turn around and make three 60-yard field goals? Like, at what point, what are you doing, right? What are you doing at that point? Um, overall, I think that the Chargers are going to control this game. I I would be a little bit more worried if, if C-Mac was playing because our run defense is still a little sketchy. It's still a little sketchy, especially stopping the quarterback running the ball, which I think Teddy can break out. In. The problem with us last week and the reason why we really lost more than the kicker, more than the fourth and one bad call by Anthony Lynn, more than the Justin Herbert pick, is because we had about three or four third down opportunities to stop the Chiefs. And on third down, Patrick Mahomes scrambled for the first. On third and 20, Patrick Mahomes scrambled for the first down. That's really why we lost. Because if we could stop him on those third downs, that was at least you know six to nine points off the board from field goals and a touchdown that they scored. The real reason why we lost is because we couldn't stop the run from the quarterback, which is upsetting. Even though it is Patrick Mahomes, it's upsetting because it's simple to stop a quarterback from running the ball. Just put a QB spy. He did it five times, I think, during the game, third down or second and long, and he got a big chunk of yards that helped them convert and keep that drive going. And when it's the Chiefs giving them more opportunities to keep going, <laughs> you're just asking for a formula for them to come back from behind. And that's how they come back from behind is they make plays like that. And it's that simple. They're that good. The Chiefs are good. Um, and the Chargers lost that game, but no knock on them. Let's talk about Tyra Taylor for a second and what happened with him. If you haven't heard yet, I'm sure everyone has heard. Uh, before the game, he was getting an injection for a cracked rib, and the doctor accidentally punctured one of his lungs, which actually sent him to the hospital. Very scary situation for him. This could have been a tragic story if they're not careful. I don't like the injections, especially around the chest area like that. Very scary because... What if you get the heart instead of a lung? Something that is hard to uh, recover from. It's looking like Tyrod's out indefinitely. On the bright side, Justin Herbert looks good. He's going to make rookie mistakes. He's going to make rookie mistakes. I think the Panthers are a great first game for him to go into on both sides. He has a week to prepare. right? He has a week to prepare. Look at the defense. Watch film. Fully prepared to be the starter of this team. And let's see what he does with it. Does he get too much in his head? Does he overthink it? Does he just go out and play like he did last week? That's what I'd like him to do. Just go out and play. Definitely know your cues, but just go out and play. It worked against the Chiefs. Just go out and play. And on the flip side, the Panthers have a chance to prepare for him. The Chiefs, I think that also worked to our advantage. The Chiefs had no time to prepare for him. Just as much as none of us knew that Justin Herbert was starting that game, the Chiefs did not know that Justin Herbert was going to start that game. It was probably just as much of a shock to them when they saw him walk on the field as it was to us. 
So now the defense has a full week to prepare, and that is very good for Herbert because now Herbert gets to see what NFL defenses do adjustment-wise to stop him, right? And he can counter that, and it's just a learning process. And that's why I want him to play the rest of the season because it's a learning process for him. He has to go through all these. If we lose, it's okay. As long as we lose and he learns a lesson from that loss, I don't care that we lost. If it is clear that he learned a lesson from that loss, I do not care that we lost. Hopefully he learned a lesson that one, you don't throw across the field. Hopefully he learned that last week. That's out the way. There you go. Lesson learned. This whole season should just be Justin Herbert learning his lessons, right? And getting ready for the next couple seasons because the Chargers aren't Super Bowl contenders this year. It's just that simple. And, you know, I predicted them to win 10 games. That's kind of my ceiling. I'm hopeful. I'm a fan. Realistically, eight, seven wins. And that'll be a very good season for us and a great learning season for Justin Herbert and the rest of this young team. We might have the best draft class in the NFL. Crazy to say, I know, but Joe Reed, our receiver, he's playing very well at return, man. Josh Kelly is breaking out, and I'm kind of scared he's going to take carries from Austin Eckler because I've Austin Eckler in three fantasy leagues. Uh, on defense, Kenneth Murray started every game and played well in every single game, had a couple pass defenses, made some big tackles. On the D-line, Jason Tillery, he's not a rookie this year. He got drafted last year but was injured the entire season. He's playing very well. He's stepping up. Overall, our young stars are looking very good. So just keep them together. Let's just keep them together, and let's all learn our lessons this year. Get it out the way so in coming years we can start attacking these teams, especially like the Chiefs, who you're going to start to see lose players one by one as the cap becomes an issue, especially if they cut the cap in half next year. All right, enough talking about it. I'm going to take the Chargers to win this game. I think the Panthers' defense is just not there. Uh, I thought the Panthers would be a little better than this. But they've given up a lot of points back-to-back weeks. And Herbert showed that he can air it out. And the Chargers have a great offense around him. So I think the Chargers are going to put up some points. I think they scored 30. And I think they, that our defense is actually going to shut the Panthers down, especially without C-Mac. They had Christian McCaffrey. I'll be a little bit more worried, like I said, because the Chargers' rush defense still looks a little sketchy, a little shaky on some plays. Moving on to the next game, we got the Jets traveling to Indianapolis. I probably won't take the Jets to win a game this year. I mean, it's that simple. The Colts just blew the Vikings out. And I think the Vikings are much better than the New York Jets. Overall, the Jets just are struggling to do anything. They're struggling to play good defense. They're struggling to play good offense. Their coach is getting some kind of confidence boost from his management, but is not performing. I don't know what's going on with Adam Gase in New York, but they need to get rid of him. They need to start this whole rebuild over again. I'm going to take the Colts to beat them. I like Phil Rivers. I like that offense. I like that defense. They lost Malik Cooker. Very big time. Uh, bad news for them there, but Overall, I'm taking the Colts to beat the Jets. It might be a blowout. <laughs> Just like the Jets got blown out by half the 49ers team last or last week. Moving on to Mike's Game of the Week. Da, 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 da. It's kind of what I'm using for Mike's Game of the Week. Just me making a weird sound. Mike's Game of the Week is the Dallas Cowboys traveling to Seattle to play the Seattle Seahawks. This is going to be a good game. This is going to be a really good game. Both teams struggling to make stops. <laughs> Both teams have been forced to try and win shootouts. The Seahawks have done a better job at winning shootouts because the Seahawks have a better offense. As crazy as that is to think about, the Seahawks have a better offense. Russell Wilson is better than Dak Prescott, as high as I am on Dak Prescott. The receiving core, DK Metcalf and Tyre Lockett, they're better than Amari Cooper and Gallup. Overall, I think, and you know, the, the Cowboys just lost their tight end. Greg Olson, Will Disley, those tight ends are better than the Cowboys' tight ends. If we're talking about a shootout here, I'm taking the Seahawks to win the shootout. Now, if one of these teams can figure it out on defense, either the Cowboys or the Seahawks, that's going to change things. So this is a tough game to pick, and I think the Cowboys are going to stick in this game. But overall, I think the Seahawks are going to prevail because their offense is just a little better. It's just a little, little, little bit better. Just a little bit better. 
It's going to be a tight game. It's probably going to be a, a, another 40-39 to 39 or, or 37-35 or something like that. Some crazy high-scoring game between these two teams. I'm taking Seattle to win, but I would not be shocked if Dallas won. Moving on. Detroit is traveling to Arizona to play the Red Hot Cardinals. Kind of my dark horse team at the beginning of the season. I've been saying I think the Cardinals are going to be better than everyone expects them to be. Even I didn't wasn't ready for this. You know, I, mean, I wasn't ready for, for them to beat the 49ers like they did in week one. Even though I predicted them to win, that was just me out on a limb. So I, I like the Cardinals in this game. I just don't think the Lions have it this year. It's it's rough. They don't have anything on defense to, to slow anyone down. Offensively, you can see Matthew Stafford's working his butt off. But without Kenny Galladay, uh, TJ Hawkinson's been shakier than I thought he was going to be. The running back core is trying to figure it out. They got Adrian Peterson, DeAndre Swift, on Johnson, like a weird group there. I think that uh, the Cardinals are going to easily win this game, and the Cardinals are going to be 3-0 in charge of that division. Well, I mean, Seattle's going to be 3-0 also. They're going to be head-to-head with Seattle. I don't know when those two teams play, but that is going to be a fun game to watch. I'll tell you that right now. Moving on, Tampa Bay going to Denver to play the Broncos. Seeing the Tampa Bay offensive struggles, if the Broncos had their team, I might take the Broncos in this game. Tampa Bay is struggling to get going. I predicted that they were going to struggle to get going. I kind of expected them to struggle the first four weeks. I expect them to lose to the Saints because the Saints are just a good team. Overall, the Broncos could beat this team if they had their team. I'm thinking about it. This is a tough pick. But they're so depleted. They're so depleted. And Tom Brady is going to win the games that he knows he should win. He's going to come in with a whole new attitude to these games that they're losing that Saints game. And I think that Tampa is going to beat the Broncos. The Broncos just lost half their team. Same thing with 49ers. They lost Sutton. Locks down. I think they got Blake Bortles. I don't know if he's going to start or Driscoll's going to start. Um, they lost Von Miller. Really, the, the, their team is half of what they could be. And if they had their full team, I may think about taking the Broncos in this game in Denver. But since they don't, I'm going to take Tampa to get it done against the Broncos. <laughs> Moving on to prime time. We got the Green Bay Packers going against the New Orleans Saints. And if you're a Saints fan, you got to be a little worried right now. Just a little worried seeing what happened against the Raiders. On Monday Night Football, Drew Brees, as I've said in seasons past, as I've said in the offseason, he runs out of gas at the end of the year. That's why you see this team in all these tight games in the playoffs, is he runs out of gas at the end of the year. Just his arm can't, can't withstand it. He's thrown the ball so many times in his life, thousands of times in his life. It's going to be tough for them to, to keep up with this Green Bay offense right now. Without Michael Thomas and with Drew Brees struggling to get the ball down the field, and the Packers are putting up 40 points a game, it's going to be real tough on the Saints. The Saints, fortunately, have a decent defense. The defense played good in the first half against the Raiders, but it just fell apart in the second half. And a similar thing is going to happen against Green Bay. I'm taking the Packers to beat the Saints in New Orleans on primetime in front of everybody. I like Aaron Rodgers. I like what the Packers are doing. they got to win now, and they know that. With the picks that they've made in the draft, with Jordan Love and the offseason that they had where they didn't really add anyone, they have a good team right now, and they're only going to have a good team right now. They got this year, next year, maybe the year after. That's it. And the Green Bay Packers are going to go into the sewer for a couple seasons to rebuild this team in a post-Aaron Rodgers era. So you can see they're putting it all out there right now, and they're very motivated in this season. I think they're going to beat the Saints, dropping the Saints to 1-2 and two, and the Buccaneers to 2-1. and one. Starting to see things unfold here as we get into the NFL season moving on to the final game Monday Night Football probably the best game of the season 
the Kansas City Chiefs are traveling to Baltimore to play the Baltimore Ravens. And while a lot of people are probably going to take the Chiefs to win this game, the Chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champs. The Chiefs did get to the AFC last week, uh, last year, and the Ravens did not. The Chiefs have a history now. It's became a history of getting down in games and relying on Patrick Mahomes and the explosive offense to carry them back into the game. They just did it against the Chargers again, and they did successfully do it. But if you get down to a team like the Ravens, they are going to step on your throat. It is going to happen. So if the Chiefs fall down 10, fall down 14 to the Ravens on Monday Night Football, the Ravens aren't going to let you back into the game. They're not going to make the mistake that the Chargers made last week of letting the Chiefs crawl back into that game. The Ravens have more depth than the Chargers. The Ravens have a better offense than the Chargers. The Raiders are going to control the ball better than the Chargers did. And you're going to see that this week. And that is why I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens to win this game. Come playoff time, things might be a little bit different. But for this week specifically, what I saw from the Chiefs last week, the Baltimore Ravens seem like the better team. The Baltimore Ravens seem more hungry. The Baltimore Ravens are going to go at the Chiefs with everything they got. And I think the Chiefs don't have the chip on the shoulder that the Ravens have. So I'm going to take the Ravens to beat the Chiefs on Monday Night Football in prime time. It's going to turn a lot of heads. If you're a Chiefs fan, I wouldn't worry too much about it just because come playoffs, it's going to be a whole different story because Lamar Jackson still hasn't proven he can win in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens then. But for this specific game, probably the biggest game of the season, we're going to see the Ravens do it on prime time. I haven't watched any Ravens games yet. Just watching the highlights. So I'm real excited to get to see this explosive offense finally three weeks into the season. That's all I got for the NFL picks. Please hit me up on the Instagram page at Mike on the Mike Pod. At Mike on the Mike Pod. At Mike on the Mike Pod. Takes two seconds to head over there. Hit a follow and hit me up and let me know where you disagree with me on these predictions. Let's move on to the next topic. Somebody call 911. Shotty fire burning on the dance floor. What's up, there was a ridiculous amount of injuries this week in the NFL to the point where it's almost unbelievable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe I should bring Fantasy Dogs back to do some analytics of all these injuries. I don't think I'm going to be able to keep up. Anyways, I'm going to go over the list of injuries, kind of look at uh, what it means for maybe your fantasy lineup. If you lost some of these guys, maybe maybe a backup plan. There's some big names that are out for an extended period of time, some of them the entire season. Here's the list. I'm just going to go over it and I'm going to read it one by one. It's going to be a long one, but here we go. Running back Saquon Barkley. 49ers defensive end Nick Bosa. 49ers defensive tackle Solomon Thomas. 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Los Angeles Rams running back Cam Akers. Denver Broncos quarterback Drew Locke. San Francisco running back Raheem Mozart. Carolina Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey. Colts safety Malik Hooker. Colts wide receiver Paris Campbell. Minnesota Vikings linebacker Anthony Barr. The Atlanta Falcons Caleb McQuarrie, right tackle. Kansas City Chiefs receiver Sammy Watkins. That was a dirty hit, by the way. We got lucky on that one. And there's more. (laughs) There's more. Uh, (laughs) Devontae Adams is hurt. Uh, I know a lot of guys got hurt this weekend. This list is definitely incomplete. I found this on sports page online. Denver also lost Cortland Sutton. This list is long as far as the injuries. The Seahawks lost Bruce Irving and Marquise Blair, two important defenders to that defense. 
that's fun going into a game against one of the high-powered offenses in the league, the Cowboys. Anyways, if you just lost Saquon Barkley, or you just lost Christian McCaffrey, or you just lost Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, what do you do? Don't panic. Don't go and trade him right away, by the way. Saquon's done for the season, I know that, but Christian McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, and Devontae Adams should be back at some point during the NFL season. So don't panic too much. Just go out and find yourself some backup receivers or backup running backs, guys that are going to fill in for these guys. You can look at trying to find Emmanuel Sanders to fill in for Michael Thomas. You can look at trying to find Corey Davis, who is filling in for uh, A.J. Brown. You can look at going after Mike Davis at running back, who's going to fill in for Christian McCaffrey. The Giants just picked up Devontae Freeman, who I'm not too high on because if Saquon couldn't get it going in that backfield, I don't know if Devontae Freeman's going to get it going in that backfield, but maybe at some point in this season they will be able to get it together. And Devontae Freeman will be a very valuable fantasy asset at that point when you get him for free. Look at Galman, the other run, New York running back. Maybe he comes out and, and, and breaks out. Who knows, right? My advice to you with all these injuries is to not just quit. Go out and look for some replacements and keep your fantasy season alive. This is going to happen all year. I said at the beginning of the season, the reason I wanted to play fantasy football so bad this year is because people like me who are ready to make these moves, have the advantage this year. There's, this is going to happen a lot in this NFL season. We have not even seen the start of it because COVID is still alive. And as sad as it might sound, a team is going to get COVID in their locker room. So you got to be ready to pick up guys that are going to make an impact during the week. A lot of times I have one guy in my lineup that I picked up off waivers the week before or two weeks prior. I have one guy in my lineup starting that I did not draft because I'm adjusting to the time. I am ready for this kind of stuff, and you need to do the same. Waiver wire is already over for this week, so just take that mentality into the rest of your fantasy football season. Make a bunch of moves on your bench and add guys that can possibly break out. And I guarantee you, if you add 15 guys throughout the NFL season, basically one per week for the fantasy football, you're going to find one that pops off that no one expected. A couple years ago, I picked up George Kittle before he popped off, and now I have him in my dynasty league for the rest of his career. So I... Very short, very brief. My advice is don't just throw in the towel and say, man, I lost Saquon. My season's over. Don't give up, especially if you got money on the line. Go out there, find yourself another running back, and adjust to the times. Maybe it'll take a couple weeks to recover until you find that guy that can replace Saquon. Or maybe you're going to need a multitude of guys to, to work together on your fantasy lineup to replace the, the volume that Saquon gives you. That's my two cents. I just wanted to briefly go over it. I appreciate you guys listening. Let's move on to the final topic. All right, let's close the show off with the final topic of today, and that is going to be some teams that I'm surprised by and not surprised by, whether they're playing well or playing bad. Uh, I'm not surprised either way around or surprised either way around. We're going to start off with not surprised, basically the I told you so part of the show, which I have at least once a week probably at this point. 
Um, the Cardinals, starting off with the Cardinals, playing very well, 2-0 right now. They beat the 49ers, as I predicted, in the beginning of the season, first week. Um, Kyler Murray looks amazing. The pairing of him and DeAndre Hopkins looks amazing. What a move by the Cardinals. What a gutsy move to go and get DeAndre Hopkins in the first place and pair him up with Kyler Murray and hope that it worked out, and it is working out. The Cardinals' defense is playing a lot better. They just had a very good game last week against the Washington football team. I know their offense isn't too good, but it's still an NFL offense, and they came out and they beat a team that they should beat, proving that this team is legit. It is legit. And I don't know if I'm going to go as far as saying they're going to win the NFC West because I like the Seahawks this year, but I think the Cardinals can definitely be a wildcard team. They can definitely be a wildcard team, and I've been saying that since before, and if this team wins more than eight games, I will not be surprised because all around, they're a very, very, very complete team, especially with Kenny and Drake getting it going out the backfield, and that defense, Chandler Jones, Buda Baker, Byron Murphy. Man, I like the Cardinals this year. I like them a lot. Not surprised by the Buffalo Bills. Here we go. The AFC East champs, right? I've been saying it all offseason. While the Patriots do look better than I thought they were going to be, I still think the Bills are a more complete team. And I think when they see the Patriots, they are going to beat the Patriots. And I think that they are going to show that they are now in control of this division for at least the time being until the Patriots come back, which is looking like it's going to be very, very soon. All you got to do is get some pieces to put around Cam Newton, and that team is going to be dangerous itself. So I like the Bills are 2-0, and I got them winning this week in a tough matchup. So I, I, like, the, I like Josh Allen. Josh Allen is balling. And another pairing, another gutsy move, trading for Stephon Diggs, that worked out. I said they were a perfect pairing because Stephon Diggs' down-the-field ability paired with Josh Allen's big arm, it's a perfect pairing, and it's showing. I thought it was going to take a couple weeks to get into it, and no, they're balling out right now. Buffalo Bills are a team to be reckoned with in the AFC. Defense is playing as good as it always does, paired with that electric offense with Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, Devin Singletary. And the list goes on. So not surprised by the Bills. I said they're going to be AFC East champs. They're 2-0. And I think they're going to go 3-0 this weekend versus the Rams. And really solidify that they're a good team this year. And they're going to ball out this year. Moving on. Not surprised that the Washington football team is better than most expected. Especially defensively. Um, I called that out in the beginning of the season also. I had them ranked at 24. I'll take a few steps back just because I was wrong about the Raiders. I was a little bit wrong about the Rams. I was wrong about the Vikings. Um, the Jaguars are a little better than I expect them to be. So it's like a few steps back from my ranking. I might put them in 25, 26, 27. But my point was when I ranked them that high was to say this team is underrated. And this team is probably one of the better loaded rosters, better equipped rosters than most of the bad teams in the NFL. They're the top of the bad, if that is any kind of consolation prize for Washington football team fans. I don't think they're going to have this great season. I don't think they're going to go out and win 10 games. I think that they're going to upset some teams you might not expect. I think they're going to win five or six games, as everyone else does. I just see them winning some games you might not expect, like that Eagles game and probably this week's game against the Cleveland Browns. So that that is kind of my point with the Washington football team. It's not that I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. It's just that they have a lot of young talent there. They have Ron Rivera, and they're playing well. So straight up, they're playing well, and he's got them rallying. Not surprised that the Jets are mediocre. I got some hate for ranking the Jets at 31. And now I'm probably going to put them at 32 when I do my midseason power rankings. I'm telling you, whenever a coach breathes a toxic environment the way Adam Gase is in New York, it just doesn't go well. The players don't want to play for him. He doesn't seem to want to play for the players. He doesn't like Sandbarn. He doesn't like Le'Veon Bell. 
Like, what is he doing there at this point? It's time to fire him. <laughs> Start the rebuild. I talked about it last week's episode. Not high on the Jets right now, and their future doesn't even look good. So that, that that's the part that really sucks to the Jets more than anything, is that all these teams that are bad, the Dolphins, the, the Washington football team, um, the Jaguars, there's some bright spots where, like, okay, the future is going to be good for this team. That's not the case with the Jets. They're probably the worst team in the NFL, and it's not Sam Darnold's fault. It's 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 Anna Gase's fault, and it's the management's fault for not bringing anything in to help Sam Darnold out. I think Sam Darnold's a decent QB in the NFL. I think he can be a long-time starter, kind of like Andy Dalton type of situation. If the Jets can get it together, or if they can get rid of him, he can go somewhere and figure it out. I was saying that if Baker fails in Cleveland, maybe that could be a spot for Sam Darnold. That would be fun. Or maybe if uh, Ryan Tannehill... And, and Sam Darnold pair up there in, in Tennessee, and after Tyne Hill's gone, Darnold takes the job. Something like that. Something cool for for Darnold in the future if he's going to lead the Jets. But overall, it's going to come down to, do you guys want to win? Okay, fire Adam Gase. What are you waiting for at this point, right? Let's go on to some teams that I'm surprised, very surprised by. And starting off with, obviously, the first one, the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, that was pretty gross. Uh, I've been doing that a lot just because it's kind of fun. Well, I mean, it's kind of fun to do, to say the Raiders name. I'm joking. I am a Raider hater, famously known as a Raider hater, and I had them ranked 28th in my power ranking just because I thought they were too young to do it, and I didn't think Derek Carr was going to be able to carry this young core. I knew they were going to be pretty good on offense, but I thought their defense would just give up so many points that it wouldn't matter. <laughs> kind of like a situation in Minnesota right now. I thought that, or, or Dallas or New England. I really sincerely thought that they would just be so bad on defense they would give up so many points that it wouldn't matter. But the Raiders stuck in there against the Saints, and they proved me wrong. That game proved me wrong and surprised the heck out of me, and it makes me a little afraid of the Raiders in the AFC West. The Los Angeles Rams. You guys know I've been really, 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 really low on the Rams. Uh, they had a lot of departures in free agency, a lot of departures via trade this offseason, and I didn't see anyone come in. So I was just like, they're going to struggle. But I underestimated the power of great coaching, and Sean McVay has got them going here early on in the season. It's kind of a Rams thing to do, though. They kind of have the upper hand coaching-wise in the beginning of the season. They might flatten out as the season goes on. We'll see. But as of right now, the Rams are very good, and this week's matchup versus the Bills, the team that I'm really high on, will definitely be the sway on whether I was completely dead wrong on the Rams or correct on the Rams not being as good as everyone might think they might be so we'll see what happens with that game I got the Bills winning it just because I'm high on the Bills and I think the Bills are a more complete team than the Rams right now but the Rams definitely could win that game if they play the way they played the last couple of games moving on Minnesota Vikings stinking it up Uh, (laughs) I didn't expect this at all the Vikings were a very good team last year Um, they're just a good team that's in a tough division ran by Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers it's crazy to see the flip you know, losing Stephon Diggs, losing some defenders, and how much it's affected this team. They went from a playoff team to probably outside the playoffs at this point. The Vikings are struggling to stop anyone, and they're also struggling to keep up offensively. So they just got blown out by the Colts. And while I think the Colts are a very good team, a very good all-around team, I expected the Vikings to be able to handle the Colts. I expect the Colts to be a 9 or 10 win team, and I expect the Vikings to be an 11 win team you know, or, or, or 12 win team. But we're not getting that from the Vikings this year, and it's pretty clear they have a lot of issues in Minnesota. Mike Zimmer might be on the hot seat because when they signed Kirk Cousins to that huge contract, championships were promised, and championships have not even been reached yet. So we'll see what happens there with the Vikings, but I don't think they're going to have a great year this year. Maybe they can get the 500. 
Hopefully they can get to 500 because I like the Vikings. I like Kirk Cousins. I like Adam Thielen. We'll just see what happens. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I like him. I like them overall. They just got to get it together. Beat the teams they should beat, and they can get back into it. But as of right now, the Bears are 2-0, the Packers are 2-0, and the Vikings 0-2. Rough. Moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm surprised that they are not as abysmal as the Jets because they are, are literally trying to tank. But Minshew Mania is alive and well, and Minshew is not going to let this team tank. I think Minshew this year is is going to give the Jags a run for their money trying to get that number one overall pick. Minshew might have seen, like, hey, oh, you're going to trade everyone and leave me abandoned to try and do this by myself? All right, I got you. I'll figure it out. Because the only way Minshew keeps his job for next year and they don't draft Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, is if he gets them in a spot where they can't draft Lawrence or Fields. And that might be just a little bit of extra motivation for Minshew. Even if he isn't the long-term Jags quarterback solution, just to stick it to him. Say, hey, nice try. You traded all my guys. You traded Fournette. You traded Clayus Campbell. Jalen Ramsey's gone. Left me for dead. And I got a six wins. And now we're picking fifth or sixth in the draft. Both your guys are gone. And I'm going to leave soon, too. <laughs> Is that, I mean, if I was Minshew, I'd have a chip on my shoulder after seeing my team basically give up on me and my ability to maybe potentially compete in this division. And he's shown that he can compete in this division with zero help. So imagine if the Jaguars built the team around him, how much he could do. I wasn't the biggest Minshew believer to start the season, but the series on these first two games, I am now a Minshew believer. I love Minshew. Um, he's going to be a great backup quarterback. It's going to be a career-long backup quarterback somewhere. Be cool if he goes to the Chargers, if the Jags can get their guy in the draft next year. But he may stop that from happening. So we'll see what happens there with the Jaguars and how they go forward. I think they're going to win this week versus the Dolphins, which puts them at 2-1 and one in their tank job. How? <laughs> how? How? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, man. Big credit to that coaching staff and big credit to Gardner Minshew for just not giving up on this entire season at this point. So yeah, that's it. That's the end of that topic. Some surprises, some not surprises. The NFL season has been wild so far, and I expect it to continue that way. And we'll see what happens. Some great games, high-scoring games. Just enjoy, man. Just enjoy having football around. I didn't, ex- I didn't know if it was going to happen or not. I was really worried that it wasn't going to happen. And the fact that it is here, I'm so hyped. Anyways, I'm about to close out the show with the conclusion. Thanks for listening to Topic 3. I gave you fair warning, beware, beware. Smack him in the mouth, mouth. I gave you fair warning, beware, beware. Smack him in the mouth. I gave you fair warning, beware, beware. Smack him in the mouth, mouth. I gave you fair warning, beware, beware. Smack him in the mouth, mouth. That concludes episode eight. Wow. We are two months into the Mike on the Mike Sports Podcast. So excited. Can't wait to be hit episode 10. Can't wait to hit episode 50. Can't wait to hit episode 100. We're going to keep this train rolling. Again, if you do me a huge favor and share the show with your friends and family. Also, if you want some bonus content, follow me on all our social media at Mike on the Mike Sports Podcast. You can find me on Facebook, find me on Instagram, find me on YouTube. Find me on TikTok now. What, what? Making some funny TikToks. Find me everywhere. Uh, and just follow me for the bonus content and kind of get to know me more, especially if you're a complete stranger to me. To all my friends and family who support the show so far, thank you to you guys too. Without you, this thing wouldn't have went anywhere. It would have just 
date exact where it was. It started at the ground with all of you, helping me and my former co-host, and now just me, grow to the level that the show has grown so far. Anyways, thanks for listening. I'll catch you guys next week. Have fun watching NFL games this week. We will, as always, also go Lakers and go Dodgers. Lakers are in the Western Conference Finals. Dodgers just clinched the playoffs. That's all I have to say. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week. I gave you fair warning, beware. Smack him in the mouth. I gave you fair warning, beware. Smack him in the mouth. I gave you fair warning, beware. Smack him in the mouth. I gave you fair warning, beware. Smack him in the mouth. I gave you fair warning, beware. Beware. Smack him in the mouth. I gave you fair warning, beware. I gave you fair warning, beware, beware. Smack him in the mouth. I gave you fair warning, beware, beware. I'll smack him in the mouth.